I'm Gab, he's Jules, back from Disneyland. See, he's he okay, he looks after a couple days off of R&R and Disneyland. It's uh, gray skies over yeah. uh, West London, very much so. Uh, not so much elsewhere. Uh, we'll, we'll be getting into the end of La Liga. We'll be getting into some shock goodbyes this weekend. Benzema, oh, Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic. Um, but we got to start with the FA Cup final. Of course. Oh, shall I mention it's the oldest cup competition in the world? Because Is it? I don't think that's been I, mentioned at all. I didn't know. Manchester City, two down, one to go. Yeah, they beat Manchester United two one. Um, look, I, I don't want to play this down, because it is a leg in the treble, but I think it's very obvious they are focused on the Champions League. Yeah, and yeah. Although I, I thought they celebrated rightly. I mean, Pep looked quite emotional. Maybe because they hadn't won the FA Cup since 2019, which is a, for some for a team that wins everything. Certainly domestically, that still feels like a long time. And also, I think because they knew that it was one more in the bag. And like, as you said, two down, one more to go in the Champions League on Saturday. And I think they knew that the, the, the dream of that, tre- of that treble is, is getting closer. So, oh, Although it's interesting because I was really struck by what Pep said after the game. Uh, where he said, you know, more than the treble, for me, it's about winning the Champions League. Yeah. Um, I have a sense there'll be something missing if we don't win yeah. the Champions League. It's interesting because this isn't something he said before, at least not previously, right? He always gets asked the same questions every Champions League game. They ask him, well, how important is it to you to win the Champions League? And he always comes back and he says the usual stuff. He says, well, actually, in the Champions League knockout competition, anything can happen. It's partly out of your control. We just want to get better every single day. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. All yeah, the coach yeah, yeah, all the, yeah. And it's all true, and I understand why he says it. But here, he said something different. And he said, like, this is really important. You know, I want to put more pressure on the players. Not that they need yeah. more pressure. Um... And it's funny because writ large, this isn't a situation where the owner is obsessed with winning the Champions League because I don't think Sheikh Mansour cares one way or the other. It's not critical to City's business model, whatever that may be. It's and the holy grail for them, though. They've been chasing it since they took over. But I would argue it's certainly not for the fans who boo the anthem. All right, the City fans are global and diverse, obviously, but the ones who show up at the Etihad who boo the UEFA anthem, you know, I, I don't obviously you want to win it, but they're not as obsessed with it as I think this is just something that that comes from Pep. I think it's important to him. I think his rational mind says this is not a measure of anything because this is one game and anything can happen and stuff is out of your control. In the same way stuff was out of his control when they played in the last Champions League final and they lost to Chelsea, right? Yeah. Uh, but he has an emotional mind too because he's an ex-player. He's a human being. And emotionally, winning a Champions League without Lionel Messi, yeah, that resonates. Yeah, I think so. And he's probably had enough of the narrative of you haven't won it since 2011. You failed every time with great teams at Bayern and at Manchester City. And, and maybe this time he's a bit more open about how important this is, like you said, that he's never said before, because you feel that if they don't do it this time, I mean, come on. No, it's nothing to do with Inter Milan. It's just that they are such in great form. So are Inter, but if you take Inter away, it could be anyone that they're facing. They are so good, so in control. You find almost the perfect team. He's got everything, the balance, the players, the fitness, the confidence, the moment. There's just no... Every, every light is green, pretty much. So maybe that's why I think he feels like, okay, this is, this is our time now. You mentioned they're in control. He finished 2-1 against uh, Manchester United. Uh, I think there's two ways to look at it. 
you can look at it and say that City controlled the game and maybe weren't at their best, but they didn't need to be on the one hand. Yeah. Or you can look at it and say, I think in the last 15 minutes, they didn't take a shot on goal. And there was that almighty scramble at the end in front of the goal. Mm. Was, I think it was Varane and McTominay. Yeah, McTominay yeah. Uh, uh, two chances, one after the other. Were, which could have really derailed the, the, their plans. Where do you, where do you yeah, stand? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think that's why the XG, if you look at the XG, the United in the end is higher than, than the Substantially City ones. higher. Yeah, I just think that the goal after 13 seconds from Gundogan just changes everything. From a City point of view, from a United point of view, it just changes everything because now if, you, if you're City, you can control the game a bit more, which they've done really, really well lately, especially since the John Stones uh, transformation, put it that way, in midfield, where... They can pass the ball, wait. If there's a moment to pounce, they will. I think the goal that they conceded at the time where they were really in control of the game, that penalty right. that we can talk about a bit later, sort of, again, re-changes the dynamic. But they took the, the lead again, and after that, they were in control. And I think they can soak up the pressure better than they ever used to before on the pep. And if uh, United did what they had to do, and I think United deserves some credit because they fought it hard, but in the end, I think just City had a bit too much. All right, Jules, let's roll on with the refereeing decisions. That There were two that there may yeah. be more. Um, there were two that obviously stood out for me. One was the Casemiro tackle. I, was, I personally was surprised that was not a red. Yeah, it could have. Certainly a yellow for sure. Then you can discuss the red or not. I mean, I think the most absurd is that the referee gave a foul for, for Casemiro and for United uh, to the point that you you think like if you look again at the the incident and the way the way Akanji's body is and his leg and where Casemiro come in you you even wonder how you can give a foul for you for Casemiro a foul made by Akanji himself when he could have lost his ankle clearly because Casemiro goes in with the studs maybe maybe, they, maybe he felt I look I'm trying to work it out the referee is, is, is Paul Tierney he was, great, he was well positioned as well I don't think he's a good referee uh, and look I, I know this is not a good week to be critical of English referees but I want to say this again because people don't seem to understand it not all referees are created equal right <laughs> I don't think he's particularly good and I no. think he really blew this call uh, maybe he was thinking that Casemiro, what, maybe he was thinking Akanji was somehow obstructing Casemiro. It's the only thing I can think of. Maybe. maybe, And then maybe he didn't see where the foot went, and maybe the VAR said, well, did he see it clearly? He was in a good position, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the you know VAR can't intervene on a yellow. Maybe VAR no. said, well, probably should have been a yellow card, should have been yeah, a foul. Yeah, could only have intervened to give a straight red, which yeah. they clearly didn't think it was. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that wasn't was good. And that was really early in the game as well. And right by the benches, which you can just imagine. I think, yeah, I think it was by the benches, which you can just imagine the reaction of Pep Guardiola, especially. And a few of the City players who went were quite mad straight away. Um, the other point, which I, I, I'm sorry, there's rules. They've really simplified this for a long time. The Jack Grealish one. Mm. Um, the, 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 the penalty were, sorry, the penalty that, that was given he jumps up to try to head the ball. He doesn't get it. He's still coming down when the ball comes off of Juan Bissaka. His arm is in the air, and it strikes him. I, I think the directives that are given to referees are very, very clear on this. Yeah. Peter Walton had a piece in the Times explaining this. And it's defined as an unnatural position when your arm is above your head. 
which it was. There's a definition yeah. of it. They're not saying your arms can't go up when you jump. It's just they can't go up higher than your head. And there's really no reason why your arms should be higher than your head even when you jump, right? Mm. It can be away from your body if it's not. It can be, can be natural. It can be away from your body natural if you're jumping. Um, here, he's coming back down. His arm is still up there. Uh, you know, the, the fact that he's not looking isn't relevant. Yeah. yeah. These are the directives but, that were given. Yeah. And the VAR the applied... The rules. The rules. I, I don't know there's much discussion that we can have here. I and think yet people is. keep going on and no, on. No, because I think, and this is where maybe we disagree, I just think there's a point where the interpretation of the referee, so we go back, and we, I think we mentioned it the other day, the, the penalty that City got against Leipzig in the second leg of the last six yes. of the Champions League, where I think Ruben Diaz heads the ball and he's, he literally flicks the finger of maybe I'm blanking on this. this yeah, Henrich yeah. or something. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but and it's given us a pen. And and of course, the ball touched the fingers like it touches the fingers of yes. Grealish without even changing really the 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 trajectory, the trajectory of the trajectory, ball yeah. or even the pace on the ball or anything like that, which is a bit similar to the, this one. Because I think that's the big thing that makes it. Because if the ball whacks into yeah, if into it hits his your arm, arm and stop here. Then I think we would be feeling a little bit different yeah, about this. Yeah. But the combination of those two things, the fact that the touch was so, so slight, yeah. I, I'd be okay with a tweak on the rules. Me too, completely. And a level and of that's discretion my point. when it doesn't materially impact anything, which as was the case here. Yeah. Basing it on this idea that the arms in the air, what's in a, and people say, oh, what's in a natural position? They, they, they've told you. Yeah. They, it's explained. I, I'm with you on that. I just think that if, if I think, and we can easily incorporate, and the new, you know, the new boards of former players, you know, who are right. like Patrick Vieira and everybody, like you could just say, if the trajectory of the ball doesn't change at all, because it's the slightly touch of the tip of your fingers, for example, like in the case or in the, Leipzig, in the City Leipzig game, then they just don't give it. Just don't give it. You, you could probably do that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Manchester United. Uh, I did a piece up last week sort of comparing, and it's a favorite theme of mine, that Eric Ten Hag was hired yeah. Yeah. because of what he achieved with IX 21-22. Yeah. Right? And you can see, I went through, back, I went through the transfers, and, and help me out here if, if I'm wrong on this, right? He tried to bring in players like the ones he had at Ajax, yeah. right? Lisandro is like Lisandro, yeah. and obviously Anthony, Anthony is Anthony. Yeah. Uh, Ericsson's kind of like yeah. Davy Klassen, yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Casemiro's kind of like Edson Alvarez, yeah, better yeah. Edson Alvarez. And then obviously he couldn't bring in a center forward because that fellow Cristiano was there when he yeah. did. He brought in like uh, I mean Veghorst and Haller. You could say that even like, you know he's an off-brand Sebastian Haller, maybe <laughs> like I, a cheap version. But you could see that. But then ultimately, in the way they play, there's I mean there's no comparison. Right? They don't play anything like that. I actually no. no. And I got my uh, I got our colleague Ryan Hanlon to help me out on this and. You know, two very obvious things. Pressing, right? Yeah. Passes per defensive action. Ajax were by far number one. In an easier in, league, though. To be that's fine. But, but this, this tells you about how a team plays, yeah. right? Not how well they do it. I'm no, not but it's easier to do in an easier league. It's easier to press? No, you can press anywhere. I mean, no, it's have... easier to have an efficient press against teams that are not very good than well, against teams that are... The way PPDA is counted, like they count fouls and stuff in it. So yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not even necessarily like... Um, 
in the Premier League, though, they're like 14th, 14th or 15th, yeah, 15th right? Yeah. So clearly he abandoned that side yeah. of things. And look, I think you have very valid reasons to do it because it's important for him not just to instill his philosophy style of play, but to get results while doing yeah, it yeah, this yeah, year. So sure. I'm Especially not criticizing two for first it, right? games of the season, yeah. But it does. And the other thing, when this ties into David De Gea, your, yeah. your, your favorite subject, yeah. um, goalkeeper Ryan puts a lot of stock into um, goalkeeper, uh, go, sort of goalkeeper kicking distance or whatever it's called, right? Which is basically from a goal kick, yeah. does the ball go long or does it go short? Yeah. With De Gea, it always goes long. Yeah. Last year, it always went short because they were trying to build up from the back, right? Um, I think they ranked like, again, 15th or 16th in the, by this metric. And this speaks to what we said about De Gea is not very good with his feet. Not very good at all. Um, he wins those golden glove clean sheets thing. Which people yeah. seem to think that clean sheets, oh, look, he's got more clean sheets. I think clean sheets is a really stupid metric. <laughs> I think it's, it's a really, frankly, irrelevant metric, um, you know, relative to goals conceded or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, um, and this was very evident in this game. And you, we were talking off air and you pointed yeah. out. De Gea is kicking it long. And who's he, who's he kicking it long to? <laughs> You've got Rashford competing against Rodri and Stones. I mean, they have yeah, four and a half center backs on yeah, the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And we looked at the stats, and De Gea had 26 long kicks, uh, twice more than Ortega, who had 13, uh, for 30% accuracy. So I think he made eight of 26 De Gea. A couple of them went to Rashford, I think, two to Bruno. And, and two were easy, uh, like the rest, I think, are easy to uh, full backs because he right. can still, you know, Pass the ball at some point, but City were too happy. Every time they saw De Gea with the ball, they knew it was going to go long, and right. they knew they weren't going to win that ball. Maybe if not the first, but certainly the second ball, which they did every single time. And I just and and, and you can tell me, yeah, right. but you know, it's not easy for a keeper to to kick the ball long. Okay, look at Ortega, thirteen kicks, nine successful. So that's a seventy percent. You go for thirty percent De Gea to seventy percent Ortega, and yeah, of course he's got Haaland to aim at, as we saw in the first mm -hmm. goal. But Haaland, as we've mentioned many times, he's not the best in the air. Definitely not. Certainly not. He can chest the ball down. He can bring yeah, the ball true, down. Yeah, true. But okay, you it. still have Varane and Lindelof behind you anyway. I just, I just think that with the, the, hair, the argument though is how do you want to die? Because if you pass it short, you're playing against the Man City press, and you're asking. Varane, Wambisaka, guys like that yeah. to play their way through the press, which is extremely difficult. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not really. Debating the tactics from the, from Ten Hag, you're I saying think, he can't do it. He's screwed one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think this is pretty much the only thing he could do, really, against a team like City. Maybe another opponent and would again, have been look, different. This is another different. At Ajax, he had as as, as fullbacks, he had Masrawi, who's yeah, yeah, a yeah, midfielder, yeah. very For good sure. on the ball, and he had Daily Blade, yeah. who has a bazillion limitations. But, but he's also good on the ball, yeah, yeah. right? He's a baller, uh, for sure. That makes, that makes exactly. a huge difference. Exactly. Uh, and I think that Shaw can play. Juan Bissaka, obviously not so much. But, yeah, but Shaw's the only one in the back four who can play. Yeah? Who can, yeah, who can play like, like Ten Hag would want to play yeah. without Alessandro Martinez. Yeah, probably. So, sure. so then either you drop Ericsson to pick up the ball in front of the keeper. I mean, I... And the, yeah, no, of course. Or Casemiro, which yeah. is not... It's, it's not a blame. It's more of an assessment of where United Exactly. Right and now. that's why I've been saying to you, Gab, and to everybody who wants to hear that they can't keep improving on the Ten Hag with De Gea in goal. It's, for me, it's as simple as that. You take away a lot of what makes Ten Hag's team special or, or very good or very efficient, and you, that would be the limit. The, this game... As good as United were, and they were good, and they played well, 
I like the man marking of Fred on the brain. Okay, it didn't always work, but I like the idea that you could go into man marking the brain, man marking Gundogan, and man marking right. and man marking Rodri with Ericsson, Casemiro, and Fred. That that's fine with me. I like the the, the narrow Fernandez, Rashford, and Sancho. I like how narrow they were. No problem because obviously with the back three of City, there's left width to have. I, so I like a lot of the things that Ten Hag tactically put together. I just think that the limitation of that team lies mostly on the lack of a proper centre-forward, for sure, and on De Gea. Uh, a couple things uh, on here. Erling Haaland has gone four games without scoring. Yeah, one in eight now. This is the longest drought of his career. He had a similar one uh, at Borussia Dortmund. Now, his career, I yeah. went back to look at Borussia Dortmund. I don't consider I'm, I'm assuming yeah. he didn't have one like this no. at Salzburg. Um Concern? No? no? No. I don't know. His XG was 0.7. He had that one chance. He only had three shots, two on target, touched the ball 35 times, 10, 10 passes, 10 successful passes. They clearly used him a lot to play with his back to goal. And, and that, that right. worked. He's improved on that. We said that before. He could have scored. Okay, it was I'm, a game where they controlled more than they really fully attacked. I'm not concerned at all. I don't think he's concerned. I think also some of those games he came off the bench. I'm assuming also yeah, yeah, the season. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think even he cares about. You know, he won the Premier League Golden Boot. That's yeah. nice. But I don't think he was fussed. I mean, if he kept playing every game, taking every penalty, you know, maybe gotten 50 goals. He doesn't care about that. He cares about winning, and that's what you want to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, the I transfer stuff. Inevitably, they're linked to Harry Kane. Well, you said there about the center forward thing. Harry Kane obviously would make Manchester United better. Yeah. But is going back to the Ajax model, is does Harry Kane fulfill the holler thing or does I it mean, then force you into a different interpretation so maybe you spend your hundred million elsewhere? But if we looked at the twenty twenty one Ajax season when Tadish plays as a force nine, which which I think Kane when can When they won do, the double, yeah. Which Kane can do as well. Then you could say, oh yeah, he fits that. He's not the Haller type, so it doesn't really fit the 22-23 season, uh, the 21-22 season. But he would fit certainly that kind of role that Tadic had, and actually be maybe better in front of goal even than Tadic was in that season where Tadic was incredible. So I think yeah. Ten Hag Kane would work so well in that team. It would be better for Rashford, maybe even better for Anthony. Uh, I, I think it would be... The question is, do you sign. want to spend those resources on Kane at his age? And exactly. I think this is something we can, we're going to be talking about uh, again about this, yeah. this summer. Uh, Mason Mount, there's reports that they're already talking to him, £50 million pound offer. Again... What, in the Ericsson role? Or well, so this where, is the thing. How do you play Ericsson, Casemiro, Bruno and Mount? I think you, you have to start alternating them, right? Ericsson's going to be 32. Yeah, true. I think Mount at fifty million, if you can get a reasonable contract, it's almost like you're getting him so that others don't get him, and then he can, you know, he he he'll be a contributor. It's not. It's one of the areas where you could argue United do not have a pressing need right now, but he's not going to make you worse, right? Uh, Mount's going to help. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, so. I mean, again, they need they need they need more depth. We've seen it this season. And finally, Rafael Guerrero is a free agent. Yeah. Uh, and he's been linked to Man City. I, I'm assuming he's going to be linked to other clubs too. He played in midfield he's late this year. Such a pep player for that. He's, I think he's really good. I know people are like, oh, but he's defending. I'm like, good. you're attacking fullback, right? Yeah. But I'm just wondering if you're United, you just extended Kate Dalla five-year deal. Could you wait a little while and maybe thought of this other Portuguese versatile Portuguese? You've got fullback? Malaysia as well, and show. 
And when Bissaka still and Dalot, as you say. Okay, is Guerrero better than all these people you mentioned? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Paris born and bred as well. So, like, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, I just think he would be such a pep signing, incredible in midfield. I mean, Kovacic has been linked to them too. Yeah. Who, I mean, what's that? I mean, Calvin, um, who's, who's going to, you can't have Kovacic and all your current midfielders. You might lose Bernardo Silva, of course. But you but, might lose Gundogan too. Which, and you will lose Gundogan too. Right. Uh, and so Kovacic Guerrero, makes sense. Kovacic for Gundogan, I think, makes sense. As in, yeah, as in, as in replacement, but, if you don't keep Gundogan. And then if you bring Guerrero, you can play a left back in midfield. You can play right back too. Right back. You yeah, already have a Portuguese more, guy who does that too. Oh, that's Jacques Cancelo. Yeah, but he's more. He's less two-footed than Cancelo was. I think he's still oh, yeah, more no, left-footed. No, 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 but yeah, no. I mean that would be an amazing piece of business too. But I, I, I think if you're Guerrero, there's other clubs that need you more, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if other people step forward. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough FA Cup. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. Real Madrid and Atleti Bilbao draw 1-1 on the final day of La Liga. But, Jules, nobody cares. It's all overshadowed by the departure of one man. Oh, Kareem the Dream. I'm going to miss you, my brother. Oh, I know that. You know why? So much. It's a tragedy for Jules to see Uh, Kareem. I I go to Saudi. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> I will go and watch Ali Tihad with my boy in here. It was a, it was a crazy week, to be fair, uh, between Wednesday, let's say, pretty much, and yesterday when um, we were starting to being told that he might leave and uh, he was thinking about it and he decided to. And then they were contra- contracting, 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 contract, negotiating. Yeah, but there were like reports going against the, what we were reporting on ESPN well, that he had decided to leave. Carlo on Saturday coming out and says, I have no doubt he's going to stay. Yeah, right? and Marca saying on Friday or on Thursday night, he's staying for another year. And we were like, oh man, but I, you know, my boy doesn't lie. So, um, it's, it's, it's 36. It's 36 I, in December. So, I, it's a December. good time to go. I think he wanted to leave at the peak of his Real Madrid career. He didn't want the... the, the Instead, he stayed another year. The one season too many you know, to tarnish a bit the legacy that, like we've seen many players do, like you stay another year, but then like Cristiano, for example, you know, at Manchester United, he didn't want an exit like that, for sure. And already this current season was good in terms of numbers. If you look, the hat-tricks, the one against Barcelona, the trophies that they won, the Copa del Rey, the, but it was still not, nowhere near as good as the one before the Ballon d'Or yeah. season. And he felt this, this was the right time to leave on a high like that 
14 years at Real Madrid, 25 trophies, the goals, the assists. Again, the, the legacy is incredible. Second all-time leading goal scorer in the history, just of, the guy. history of the club. What a guy. And Gab, it's not just him. It's not just Karim, Nacho, Marco Asensio, Dani Ceballos, Tony Cruz, Luca Modric, and Mariano Diaz. All are off contract. I mean, Mariano is, is leaving. They've announced. Eden Hazard has rescinding his contract, so he's leaving too. You have a very clear idea of what should happen next now and who's going to stay amongst all that list yeah they should all go except for one and what? that's Danny Ceballos no Nacho you would not keep Nacho yeah, yeah Nacho 33 let, let, let somebody else have a go right okay. uh, uh, I, I think we're at an inflection point right this if Benzema stays you can reload on the fly signing here signing there keep Carlo you have another goal winning the champions again you'll be in the mix yeah. you won't be favorites yeah but yeah but without Benzema, it's not time to patch it up. Rebuild. Rebuild. Start from scratch. Yeah. Maybe start with another manager. Transition even now. Yeah, if, yeah, if Ancelotti yeah. says, like, all right, I'm not going to stay over. You know, you've got – just start a new project. Yeah. You are saving yourself – I worked it out. It's around about 100 million euros in, in wages, right? Real Madrid, the second highest wage bill in Europe after Paris Saint-Germain. Who else? Um, this is a great opportunity. And you know what? Maybe it means that for a year, you won't be Champions League favorites or in the mix among the favorites, but you'll still be contenders. You still have a shot in La Liga, especially given the way things are going in Barcelona. I think it would be a bold decision. I think it would be Florentino yeah. saying, I'm going to rebuild my final team. Remember, they still have all that money set aside that for, they were going to spell on Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. Yeah. And then see where you are. You don't need to put the whole team together in one go. But you have to start seriously thinking about getting younger. And, and I think this is a great opportunity uh, to do that. Mm. And Asensio, strongly linked with Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, yeah, he's almost done. Yeah, Luis Campos, very original. Yeah, yeah. George Mendes. Exactly. Leipzig are crowned German Cup champions after 2 win over Eintracht in Berlin. Jules, your thoughts? Christopher and Kunku, I think there's only two. I mean, you could mention Soboslai, of course, who scored the second goal, Ben Kunku, on his final game for Leipzig. Before With a double doink deflection. It doesn't matter. He still scored. was still very, very important, influential in the game. With, with a lot of intensity, I love that game. I love to watch it. I just thought that Frankfurt for Oliver Glasner's last game was just... Just lacked a little bit. I, I think, think they left too Leipzig. much of the in initiative to Leipzig. Oh, shout out Leipzig to Leipzig. too good anyway, I, I think. I'll tell you this though, right? Uh, and then there was no Guardiola either for, for Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. If Gulashi and uh, Nkungu had been fit the whole season, yeah. um, I wonder, I wonder, this is going to be the missed opportunity because obviously Guardiola's of almost course. certainly going to go. Yeah, Nkungu, yeah. we think, is going to go. So is already maybe. signed yeah, up. Yeah. So, but I, it's, this was the year. Yeah. The Bros scores the only goal as Inter win one nil away to Torino. They've won 11 of the last 12 games, Gab. Yeah, you'd almost think that they were the form team coming into the yeah. final. I think the underdog role suits them extremely yeah, well. I agree. Uh, everybody's going to be fit. They mix things up. They rested. You know, Acerbi didn't play. They rested. That's fine. That's all fine uh, in, uh, in the last day of the season. They still, there's big doubt is Lukaku or Dzeko yeah, of up course, front yeah. in the Champions League final. Um, they're playing with house money right now, and they're okay with that. Rafael Leal bags two goals as Milan beat Verona 3-1, but Jules, again, nobody cares. Oh. It's all about Zlatan Ibrahimovic's announcement at the end of the game. Yeah, that's right, Gab. I mean, the second, if you go and watch the Leal's goal, the second one is pretty, pretty special. special. Um, but yeah, it was all about Ibra who announced not just that he was leaving Milan, he was out of contract anyway, but that at 41 years old, he was retiring uh, from football. A very emotional Zlatan. We don't usually see him like that, tears in his eyes. I mean, the... 
the celebrations from the fans, the uh, the TFO saying goodbye, uh, was 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 perfect. I think for him, what a career that he had, of course. Um, 17 trophies, I think overall. Um, Everything but the Champions League, which is the one thing that has escaped him all through his career, whether that was a Juve or Milan or Inter or Barcelona or PhD, whatever. Or uh, Manchester United or, or the United, other Galaxy. Yeah. Or MLS too, of course. But what an incredible character to start with. And we were lucky, privileged to interview him recently uh, and spend some time with him. Amazing and what a player. I don't think we will maybe ever see someone that big. That tall, that strong, but with the feet that he had. So amazing player, amazing player, especially. Yeah, a remarkable guy who I think went on kind of like a journey. Like when he was younger, there were a lot of people who just didn't like him. And then, you know, I guess it's the magic of getting old. You become more likable. But he had such a, he still has such a sense of occasion. Yeah. Such a, so such a quick wit. Um, I think he recognizes the mistakes that he made earlier in his career. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think he's going to be missed, but of course, I don't know if he's going away. I wonder. I mean, you suggested to him, what if he teams up with uh, Rafaela Pimenta and looks after? Yeah, I think it would be a very good strong. That'd agent. be interesting. Yeah. Tottenham are due to speak to Ange and you see I said it right, Ange Postecoglou this week. Yeah, we're big fans, of course, of the Australian manager. Is that clouding our judgment a little? Maybe, I, but I'll admit it. I I am biased because I genuinely like the guy. Yeah. I genuinely like the the way he interprets football, the way he puts himself about. I'm sure he's not perfect. Um, I really like and respect the fact that, you know, very little was handed to him in his career. He started at the very, very bottom. He went, he managed in the Greek second division at, at one point and went back to Australia and then national. you know, he's gotten there the hard way. Yeah, and these definitely. people who get there the hard way often have a work ethic that other people don't. I also love the story, just from when I interviewed him, which I got to tell you again, like, as a Greek immigrant in Australia, like, he talked about, you know, being a foreigner in school, and you have all these sort of like pasty Anglos, right? And they're all having their Vegemite sandwiches or whatever it is that they eat. And he opens his lunch, and it's like, you know, like moussaka and lamb, and like yeah, exactly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was, which I thought was was, was pretty awesome. Cleftico, yeah. Paris Saint Germain contrived to lose at home to Clermont Foot, which of course is a body part, yeah. like breast. Three-two. Uh, Jules, I'm sorry, we got to talk about this. They're oh still champions. God, such a bad But game. they seem determined to say, like, how can we ruin the last day in front of our own fans? Yeah. It was such a downer. It was. I, I, the, the title celebration even looked lame, despite yeah. the lights and everything. And Neymar and Lionel Messi getting booed. Yeah. And, and they were booed so, before, the, but Messi was booed before the game, too. Well, yeah, and the, the Marseille guy, the manager that I don't want to say the name anymore, also got booed. Uh, another defeat at home. Uh, in 2023 which is a terrible record that they had he won the title by a single point yeah and as, as I've said to you Lens were the better team this season in Ligue 1 there's no doubt they were better than PSG they're unlucky not to have won that, this title PSG just about thanks to Messi who still had 16 goals and 16 assists so outstanding overall anyway and Kylian mm -hmm. top scorer again for the fifth consecutive year in Ligue 1 with 29 league goals but how do you rebuild the trust with the fans and, and what do you do and I think Having a different manager helps. Not having Messi will help. As weird as this sounds, that the greatest player of all time was kind of not welcome anymore by the fans next season. With Neymar, I don't know what will, what will happen. Do the fans like Luis Campos? Do you actually trust him or do they see through this? I think this is. I, I think they're ready to give him another chance, and this is his opportunity this summer to put things right and actually make the right decisions. I'm not saying that 
That Galti was the wrong decision. It just didn't work out. It could have maybe been better. And the first half of the season was decent. Let's not forget. Uh, but the second half was a, was a disaster. So we will have to see, but it's a huge summer. And we've said that many times, but it's a very, very big summer for PSG. And Messi's departure, Gab, means that PSG's Instagram account, for example, has lost 1.5 million followers already. Literally, just like this, in 24 hours. Is this a big deal? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because it's not 2018. Instagram isn't what it was. I think people are realizing that all these fans around the world who follow your account, you got to be able to monetize them. Yeah. yeah, I get the sense of Paris Saint-Germain brand, but I think we overrate the importance of certain things. A number of Instagram followers, social media in general, it's very important for, for Messi or Cristiano, anybody who's a lot of followers who wants to push their own brand. For Paris Saint-Germain, not so much. Yeah. Your buddy, Christopher Cantier, is gone, and now several outlets are reporting that Julian Nagelsmann yeah. is on his way. Good choice, Jules. That's a very interesting one because it was maybe not the favorite a couple of weeks ago where Luis Enrique, for example, Thiago Mota were certainly the two names that... Thiago uh, Mota should be the obvious one. It shouldn't be Nagel's one. Right, I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah, but maybe he lacks a bit of experience at the top, top, top. Thiago Mota that he well, well, like all the yeah. experience that Nagelsmann has but at least he's had Bayern Munich he's managing Champions League which is not Thiago's Mota, Thiago Mota's case I would have loved Thiago but I'm not sure if he's ready now I don't know if Nagelsmann at 35 is ready for the jungle that right. my club is but he's ready to take on the challenge I think in Doha they really like him they like the philosophy um, is he going to like Luis Campos? yeah I think, I think they could work together certainly in the first interviews that they had they got on well uh, Nagelsmann wants to take Thierry Henry with him as an assistant for the language, for the knowledge of Ligue 1 and French football in general. I think Thierry is quite receptive to it, quite, quite positive about it. Uh, it'd be interesting to, to see that. And maybe more importantly, Kylian is on board with Nagelsmann coming over and making this team play as a team and a collective more than just uh, an addition of individuals. So let's see. Let's see. And just what everybody wants, Gabby. Now, the latest on the Manchester United sale. The Financial Times report that a new scenario could happen where Sergio Ratcliffe buys the club, takes over the club, but the Glazers are still involved and they stick around and not just Avram and Joel. Pretty much the whole family, right? Yeah, the whole family, including Darcy. At least for a while, <laughs> uh, the idea is over time, he would buy them out and... Um, well, little by little. Little by little. But what this says to me is he's not as liquid you know, as, as as they want him to be. Certainly not if he's going to end up paying the $6 billion. I don't know. This is going to keep going. Ignore yeah. the deadlines. I This is just such a cluster mess. Yeah. You were at Disneyland Paris on Thursday, yes, so you didn't get to share your thoughts on the Europa League final, and in particular the aftermath, with Anthony Taylor getting attacked at Istanbul Airport and Jose Mourinho calling him an effing disgrace. Yeah. UEFA have charged Mourinho, as well as both clubs, for their behavior. Yeah, I think it's right for, for Jose. I mean, we know what he's about. He was suspended at the weekend for <laughs> the last Roma match as well, which is not a surprise. We'll come to that. I, I, I know it was a frustrating defeat for them. Of course it was. It's a final that you lose that way. Uh, but come on. Jose knows that the risk of the incident that we saw the following day were triggered by his reaction towards the referee. And that just didn't help at all. But the benefit of the video going viral and everything is that this weekend when Roma played at home against Spezia, the whole stadium made banners against Taylor and Jose Zergat. He is speaking yeah. to a constituency of people yeah. who only see one side and think this is a, this is acceptable. Look, I mean, I, I don't think 
Anthony Taylor had a great game. I think he got the big decisions correct. I don't think it influenced the outcome. I think he lost no, control of the match. And it, it can happen. Yeah, I, yeah. The two teams certainly didn't help him. And that's why I think yeah. UEFA, you have to throw the book at both teams and the behavior of the benches. Yeah, that's right. Also, the other thing is, these guys are at the airport throwing chairs and whatever against his family. Surely there's CCTV. I know. Where's Surely security? Roma, yeah, come exactly. forward, identify who these people are, and check them yeah. out. And sticking with Jose, uh, as we said, he was suspended for the game against Spezia. But Shock. at the end, he seemed to make it clear of what he was going to do with this summer in the future. Well, he has a year left on his contract. It's funny because his, uh, all his minions in the press are like, ooh, well, it's not clear that Roma's philosophy matches his philosophy. His philosophy is to let's spend as much money and try to yeah. win as much as we can. Roma's saying like, hey, look, I'm running a business. But yeah, when the fans sung to, uh, sang at him, he pointed to the ground. Saying, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. We'll see how it works out. I think he will end up staying. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Hugo Lloris will be leaving Tottenham this oh. summer. Jules, we knew this was coming. I know, he's got still a year left on his contract and part of me was still hoping that whoever the next manager is would convince him to stay uh, and to give another year at least. Maybe not as an automatic starter, maybe, but I, you know, I don't know. But he confirmed this weekend he was back in Nice. And he's going to join Manchester United because he can actually pass the ball. <laughs> this distribution is so much better than De Gea's. Uh, and he said like he wants basically a new adventure, a new chapter in his career. 36 years old, he knows that it's close to the end, whether that's going to MLS, Saudi. I mean, anywhere he wants to, maybe back to Nice as well. Uh, I think they would be quite keen to have him back and to f just f go full circle and finish the career where he started. Let's see. Uh, but Wait, he's been nice. a great servant to Spurs. Did you say Nice? Yeah. Owned by Sergeant Ratcliffe. So oh. after he takes over United, he can go on loan to United, right? Oh, so yeah, to, to be uh, in connection with David De Gea. Imagine this. <laughs> Victor Ozyman scores again as Napoli beat Sampdoria ahead of their big title celebration on Sunday. Gab, 26 goals in 32 Serie A appearances for him this season. 31 in 39 games overall. The first African player to be top scorer. A huge summer ahead of him. Yeah, huge summer ahead of him. Huge decisions to make for Napoli, starting with, with their manager. I... All right, so Luis Enrique has turned them down. Shock. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be Vincenzo Italiano. It should be Vincenzo oh, Italiano. Oh, he deserves um, it. That would be really, really fun. Yeah. He's a player's coach. Very attacking. People enjoy it. But all TBD, as with so many things um, in, in Naples, as well as, as Osimhen's future. I mean, Napoli are not in a situation where they have to sell. Mm. So for him to move... 
uh, it would have to be a big number. He was asked about it, and he said, oh, look, you know, I'm not thinking about it. It's not in my hands. I'll do what the president tells me to do, which is kind of what you would say if you have the president sitting next to you. But um, I think what he means is if a big enough offer comes in and the club decides, yeah. oh, makes sense for us to move you on, he moves on. But um, what a player. Tremendous athlete. And, but so, so smart as well in his movement. So selfless, huge personality. Yeah. I mean, really a gem of a, uh, a, gem of a player. Yeah. N'Golo Kante, also a free agent. Also. And will reportedly be meeting Al-Itihad this week. Jules, Saudi Arabia in his future too? I think he could well team up with Karim Benzema, yeah, over Al-Itihad. We mentioned before and that... form what? An anti-Cristiano Ronaldo strike force in the Saudi Pro League? Well, I mean, they're the, they're the current champions, to be fair. So, uh, the, the, I, I think there was a time where maybe... And Godo's priority was to stay in London, to stay at Chelsea. I think there was a time where maybe the club were, <clears throat> were willing to give him a new deal, like a short deal, like the one that you don't mind so much, the one plus the, the one year extension or one plus one maybe. Um, but again, on, since coming back from, from his injury, he hasn't done enough. I don't, I don't think he showed and proved enough his fitness um, to be able to warrant that. And that's why I think he's not going to stay. And again, I think he will have other offers than just Saudi, but financially nothing will come even close to what the Saudis are going to offer him. Okay, but N'Golo Kanti does not strike me as a greedy man. No, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> but he also knows that maybe physically he can't do it anymore in one of the big leagues in Europe. I, I don't know. To, to me, the nature of the injuries that, that he's had uh, are such that it's not a question of... It's not a question of not being able to last 90 minutes because of the physicality and the intensity of the game. It's a question of suffering serious muscular damage yeah, and not yeah. being able to, to run at all. So I don't know. Like, if he can't play here, I don't think he's going to be able to play there because I don't think it's, you know, if you understand what I'm saying, it's yeah, the nature yeah, yeah. he's had. But um, it's crazy. I almost feel like his kind of disappearance from Chelsea at the end now because of the injuries and leaving on a free if he does leave on a free mm. we think he will yeah. it's almost like an underreported story yeah. Spezia and Hellas Verona finished level on points in Serie A this season which means Gav that we are going to have a relegation playoff which you're very excited about yes I like I, I think if you look I mean I've had conversations with people about this on social media so many times you know my thoughts on this right head to head during the season meh it yeah. doesn't really do it for me because different situations, different times. Um, goal difference. difference, I think, is just demented. And Who would have gone down with goal difference? Would it Verona? Mm, I think Verona would have gone yeah. down. I, I, I generally don't know. I, guess I don't care because they don't. They changed it back to introduce relegation playoffs to determine um, who goes down uh, if they're level on points and relegation play and, uh, and championship playoffs. Right, if, yeah. they're, if they're level on points, I think it's more exciting you spend the whole season making a league table based on wins draws and losses right and then at the end you say oh no let's throw this out and look at goal difference look at head to head but to me it that makes was no built sense. on the whole season oh we're not going to go back on this point what? we disagree the, you you are champions over the whole 38 games exactly and you're including how many goals you score and don't and concede in no, those 38 games well yeah no, you no. do well yeah no, you, you do you're champion well, yeah. you're champion based exclusively on who gets the most points but, but you, you, you are champions you on what have, you did over the 38 games. Right. How many you won, I've, you drawn, you lost. Exactly. Goals. No, because you win, and, you win and lose by scoring goals and considering goals. Yeah, but you don't need to score five goals to win. You can score one well, goal Well, you to need win. to if you consider four. 
Right here, just don't concede four. Right, like, yeah, the way God intended. Anyway, <laughs> Monaco have sacked Philippe Clement after finishing six. Jules, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Disastrous second half of the season, really. I mean, I've rarely seen a team so up and down, Gabby, in the sense that one, one, one game they could be really outstanding everywhere, defensively, in transition with the ball. Offensively, they have some really good players, and then even even within the same game, first half amazing, second half terrible, just not like the same team at all, and that's that's their season for me, like a roller coaster of a season, up and down. They were fourth at some fourth at some point, even aiming for a top three finish, and now they finish sixth. It's been terrible. He has one year left on his contract, but they decided to sack him. Jesse March uh, or Matthias Yasle. Uh, are the two favourite to take over. There's a strong, obviously, Red Bull kind of galaxy already at the club uh, with Paul Mitchell, who's leaving, but the guy replacing him is also from the, the RB group. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the two coming over. Where's Paul Mitchell going? Good question. I, 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 I just think the whole thing is bizarro that two people who we've praised the high heavens, two Anglos, no less, Paul Mitchell yeah. and I'm blanking, but the guy Michael Liverpool, Edwards. Michael Edwards. Yeah, I still unemployed. Yeah, right? all these clubs, all these billionaires with all this money. Here you have two very smart guys, and I know Edwards has turned down jobs and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Them and down. Mitchell probably as well. But it's weird, right? That they're out there. I know you're right. Maybe this summer. Hey, any truth to the rumor that they're going to sign that if if they don't get uh, Jasper Marsh, the other choice is the other former Bruges. Manager, the one who, the one who wears a cardigan with uh, <laughs> Scott Parker. No, no. Okay. Please, no. no, no, not that bad, Monaco. Espanol are also going down in La Liga this time, along with Valladolid, who drew nil-nil with Getafe at home and Elche, who were already down. But Gab, they're not happy with some of the officiating, and they they let it show that the weekend. Yeah, they basically they protested at the beginning of the game, um, essentially not playing the, the first, first minute. minute. Um, what happened if, if they had conceded a goal? Like, as in, like... I mean, this game didn't matter. They were already down. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is what's stupid about the whole thing, right? I mean, Almeria celebrating wildly at the end to finish 3-3. Yeah, but for them, it was important. Because... Yeah, they went off. look, funnily they, enough, they got the point that they needed. Yeah, oh, yeah look, they went off safe. Gee, I know. wonder. Oh, oh, this is exciting. Goal difference. Whoa. There was know, a point where they were down. I, yeah, because they were losing. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you knew they weren't going to lose this game. Well, it's very obvious they were not going to lose this game. Well, I don't know, but they were losing at some point. No, so. it's fine. But this is the, I mean, this is what's all silly uh, about this stuff at the end of the season. I, I don't know. Espanyol, obviously, we're talking about the officiating against yeah. uh, in the game against Valencia. Valencia. Yeah. Um, and and they, they, they've had others, the VAR goal with Atletico. I mean, it's. I get their point. I feel bad for them because I think they do not have... A good ownership group mm. and it again it shows you about the importance of of, of, of oversight hopefully they're back at some point yeah. barcelona come from two goals down to wow, be both three two to win the women's champions league what Jules, they're the comeback kids incredible what a final that was i mean if you've missed it if you haven't <laughs> seen it um they were tuned in down at halftime as you said but that alexandra pop monstering Barcelona. But, yeah. Is that Alexandra, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in a way that Barca still had like 15 shots in that first half, seven on target. The AG was 2.2 at halftime and they hadn't scored yet. And I think Wolfsburg was 0.4 XG for two goals that they were super efficient, super clinical, scored early like the German can do. But there was also a sense, if you just looked at the start of halftime, to think like, okay, there's, there's, there's also a big chance that Barca can come back in this game if they score early after the break. 
And what do they do? They go and score very early, the first one and the second one as well. And after that, there was just one team on the pitch. But it was an amazing final. I think Wolfsburg, because they were 2 0 up at half time, could feel really, really upset and sad, of course. But this Barca team has something special. But yeah, I think it's really difficult to manage a lead, actually, in that situation when the opposition is just so much better than you. Yeah, yeah, all, exactly. all the things you but say, you just make defend. the pitch big. Yeah, but you defend as much as you can. But if you concede well, after three minutes in the second half. No, that's it's... fine. But even then, even at 2 2, it looked like that's what we're going to do. We're just going to defend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And you know they're going to outlast you. Yeah. Um, but but I'll tell you what, that, that pop, that's a player and a half. Oh, she was great. She was great at the Euros as well I for mean, Germany. Not just like size and strength, but really knows how to knows how to get around the pitch oh, and, and, and decent feet too. She's amazing. But yeah, but Barcelona, I mean, they might as well be playing oh, a different sport I than both. They're so good. Well, well done to them. And more Barca, but it's the main team this time, Gabi. They lose 2-1 away in Vigo against Celta, who stay up with the win. Yeah, I mean, what a shock, right? <laughs> uh, Ansu Fati scores, Again? so that's good. Yeah, yeah, he's got three goals. I mean, it's almost like, oh, let me pad the stats before we go and uh, we go and summon the balance the books. I, I don't... Let, Barcelona's season ended a long time ago, ended with the title. It's a tremendous feat given all the mm. off-the-pitch issues that Xavi had to deal with. Yeah. Now comes the challenge. Now comes the challenge. How will they cope with financial fair play? How will they cope with the Enriquez Negreira case? How will they cope with, you know, needing to sell everything that's not tied down? Yeah. Um, that's a real battle. And there's still, you know, all these people going on, oh, Messi, Messi, let's come back. Let's get Messi. And then we get Holland too. Like, you know, reality yeah, check. And what about Gabri? Acelta, what a player this is. And he's going to leave as well. I hope your club, whoever your club is, to sign him. He had a, he had a bit of a dip, I think. Yeah, because that's his first full season. But yeah, level, he's, but he's a very, very gifted yeah, player. definitely. Igor Tudor leaves Marseille oh. after guiding them to third place in Ligue 1. Jules, despite the poor Champions League showing and losing his last three games... He does come away with his reputation enhanced, no? Yeah, I think so. Although they finished second the season before, obviously, with Sampaoli. Um, I liked him. I liked what he wanted to do. I liked the intensity. Some of the players, only the ones I know, said, like, it was okay. It was really hard work. Like, the preseason, uh, the, the, the kind of like mini preseason after the World Cup or during the World Cup, if you want, was tough. Really, really tough. He's brutal. He's a brutal manager. We saw that when he was in Italy. But, it worked. It worked a lot this season. It was the way they came short for the title because I think they could have pushed PSG a bit more like Lance did for that second place where they came short against Lance again. Uh, that game that they lost against them was the decisive moment, of course. But there's a lot of things that he did really well. I was a bit disappointed he didn't want to continue the the adventure there in Marseille because I think that there probably would more to come from him. And the issue I have for that is that Marseille will have to rebuild again with a different manager. So you've got Sampaoli. I mean, even going back to Bielsa and then Sampaoli and their short-term manager every time because they end up leaving at some point. And but I know they end up is, leaving because they don't get along with the club. No, I That's know. That's why Tudor's going. He's yeah, like, and I think I they want more investment maybe and more this, more that. Okay, but I don't know. I just don't think it helps your club when you change manager every, every summer. And now you, know, you need to go and find someone. They like Marcelo Gallardo, for example, that we've mentioned before. Oh, well, he's never been linked with a club. I know. <laughs> and again, it's a completely different style than you had yeah. with Tudor with and yeah. even Sampaoli. So I, I don't know. But I wish Igor Tudor the best because I, I think he was really good for Marseille. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Horrible scenes at the Monumental, Gabi, this weekend in Buenos Aires, where the game between River and Defensa y Justicia was abandoned after 28 minutes. Yeah, so for those who've never seen, Monumental is, is very high-sided yeah. stadium um, and uh, a fan fell off the uh, the top tier uh, and uh, and tragically uh, lost his life. Um, obviously, can't say enough about safety in stadiums. There's, there's an inquiry to understand kind of how it happened, um, but obviously, you know, this, this really leaves you cold. More ugly scenes and abandoned mm. games, this time in the French second division and the game between Bordeaux, who were chasing promotion and yeah. uh, uh, Rodez, is it? Rodez, well done, yeah. yeah. So let me put a bit of context. It's the last game of the season. Bordeaux can still go up, as you mentioned. Rodez can still go down, too. Uh, and Rodez take the lead uh, quite early on in the game. And as their striker, Boades is celebrating, a Bordeaux Ultra jumps over the fence to come on the pitch. And as the Rodez players were kind of celebrating together, he goes towards the, the goal scorer and kind of pushes, he pushes the, the huddle more than the player himself. It I don't does think not he look like a very violent No, push. not at all. The, the striker for Rodez, the goal scorer, falls onto the pitch. There's Argy Baji, of course, security comes. Then the Rodez uh, doctor says that the player is concussed. There's a... Okay, I have to ask about this because I saw when they were celebrating, there are people who are throwing things on the pitch. Yeah. And I... Yeah, from what I can tell on my little YouTube screen, like it doesn't look, it doesn't look he's like anybody's being hit. I thought the focus has been on the push, but I thought surely for him to go down and to stay down like that, yeah. he must have been also been hit by something, maybe a coin or something that nobody saw. So Bodo thinks that he was actually hit in the head by one of his teammates coming over to celebrate. It's a, it's a big goal for Rodez, they're, they're the smaller right. budget I think in League Two. So for them to stay up, it's, it's a huge deal. And if you look again at all the angles of the camera, it looked like he gets kind of hit in the face by one of his own teammates, not by the push from that board of fans that should not have been there and that have been called by the club. And and he'll be banned and yeah, everything. Yeah, but it's not a violent push, no. what I'm dying. And, and it's certainly not what concussed him. There, there's quite a lot of doubt at Bordeaux that there was ever a concussion, that, that, players, that the player uh, who went down who scored the goal who they say was concussed. There was another doctor that was there, like an independent doctor, who also went along with the concussed line. And now Bordeaux was saying he didn't look concussed. They still haven't had access to the medical report, post-match medical report about the player, who they say was concussed. So there's a lot of grey area. The discipline committee in, in France is going to look over this whole incident on, on Tuesday, tomorrow, to know what to do. So do you, get, do you, do you give... The game lost to Bordeaux and, and won to Rodez, and then in that case, Rodez stay up and Bordeaux don't go up, and Mets, who finished in second, go up. Do you replay the game, which is what Bordeaux are asking to do? Uh, and you start at nil nil or you start at one nil down, whatever. Um, there's a lot. The thing is, and there's the Rodez, an issue with the goal difference for Rodez as well, in the sense yeah. that the teams that they're competing against, they exactly. know the results. And same for Bordeaux. So they know what they need to do. Yeah, they need to catch, the, Bordeaux need to win by four goals to go level with Mets in the, in the table. The thing is, the Rodez players are all gone on holidays. The season is over for them. 
So they've gone on holidays. Ansi, who the team fighting with Rodez to not go down, are saying, hang on a minute. That player simulated the concussion. He was never hit. The game should have been restarted. The referee made a mistake by cancelling the game because the player clearly was not hurt. So now Ansi are saying, this is not right. They're cheating. They're, they're cheating. They, they, the fact that they're going to stay up, this is not right. So it's a whole mess. And I don't know what you do because... Well, uh you, are you, you called back the Rhodes player to play that game again when they, they, they are clearly on holidays, most of them? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Do. They could either come back and play the game or enjoy their holidays and play in the <laughs> no, know, division next year. Yeah, but division you know what I mean? It's crazy. under contract until, until June no, 30th. No, I know. So let's, let's, let's put that one to one side. I want to know why the referee, though, suspends the game. Because players get concussed all the time, right? Yeah. It, it happens, sadly. Let's leave, leave aside to, for one minute whether the guy really was concussed or not. But surely a player getting concussed is not a reason to stop the game. No. One fan hopping a fence and shoving a group of players is not a reason to stop no. the game. We don't have we haven't seen a referee's report to know why no. he stopped the game. No, no, yeah. To me, that guy needs to be yeah. held to Ranville, account. Nicolas Ranville. And the other thing is with the concussion, now I am not a doctor, but your dad is a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a football doctor as well. Yeah. So this whole thing about I, as I understand it, the way you judge whether somebody's concussed in real time, you don't have time to go put go a bunch of tests. You basically you ask questions and you err yeah. on the side of of caution. So yeah. it seems like it would be fairly straightforward to fake a concussion. Yeah. However, if you fake a concussion, you have to be substituted, right? Yeah. Under the protocol. Yeah. So the dude just scored a goal. He's not going to fake a concussion, is he? I don't think he so. wants to I stay mean, on the pitch and help his team win yeah, and not burn a substitution because so. it wasn't late in the game either. No, but the theory I think from Ansi from Bordeaux is that if the game is stopped when Rodez are one in one it up, they're safe then. So if you if when you see the fans coming and pushing the whole huddle, because again it doesn't it's not like me I'm coming into your face and push your face. Right. If you go and check the the footage, it just kind of pushes in the huddle and. Uh, so Ansi and Bordeaux are saying that basically the guy faked that commotion, that concussion, the fake the injury. But it was the, not what that I understand bad. about faking the injury though is that like yeah you can fake a concussion, but most normal referees wouldn't stop the game because a player so wouldn't abandon a game because a player's concussed. Yeah, but I don't know, maybe the Rodas player saying we don't want to come back to go back on the pitch for our security. If that happened to our teammate, it can happen to us again later in the game. I don't know. I don't know because we haven't seen any of the reports, right. not the medical report, not the referee's report yet. So we don't know what the Rodas players have said. It's, a, it's an absolute mess uh, for a season that's been really good in the French second division but now like we don't know we don't know what's going to happen Juventus beat Udinese 1-0 with a Federico Chiesa goal Gab Max Allegri says that in his head they finished third in the table and uh, and not was well, seventh uh, but the table says that they're heading to the Europa Conference League of course but UEFA may also have something to say about that yes in my in my head I can still dance <laughs> Even though I haven't been able yeah, to do I that for about 20 years. For well, <laughs> yeah. um, look, I know what he means on the page. It doesn't change the fact that they played turgid football and they were knocked yeah. out in Champions League. And whatever kind of rewriting of, the, of, of history is not going to change that. Yeah, he had a lot of injuries. Yeah, you also wanted a lot of these injury-prone, crappy, older players like Di Maria who, you know, so let's not go down that mm. road. Um the fact that they're having a Europa Conference League, I think, actually helps them. And the reason is, if UEFA decide to ban them, yeah. then you take the hit now um, for next season. Exactly. Rather than 
having another year where you're out of Europe anyway, yeah. and then they would be judged a year that from now. Sure. Yeah. I don't see how they're going to fulfill financial fair play to begin with, yeah. um, given the situation. And then, of course, they're going to they have to have another inquiry into the two domestic inquiries, one leading to the 10-point suspension um, and the other one, the one that they plea bargained on. By the way, on the plea bargain, and this is the part of football that I absolutely hate, when they were given the suspension, timeline full of Juventus fans, oh, there's a conspiracy against us, the FA sucks, oh, everybody's against us, we should boycott everything, sell your subscription, blah, 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 blah right? Cancel, cancel all your TV subscriptions, whatever. Uh, now that they plea bargained, Everybody's all oh, the FAs, the Italian FAs, completely corrupt. Look, they're totally, they're, they're, they're totally lined up with Juventus. Guys, read the facts. Look at the report. Yeah. The FAs did this plea bargain because it's in the interest of the Italian FA and Italian football as a whole to do so, to not yeah. have this court case extend into next season, to to run the risk of Juventus filing an appeal where because you never know what's going to yeah, happen yeah, in those course. situations. It's down to what you can prove. I think the plea the plea bargain's legit. I think Juventus have been punished quite severely simply with losing out on the Champions League money yeah. and and I think at some point you have to actually move on but you can't have a situation where you know a judgment comes out and because I'm on one side or the other then it sucks you know either the F the Italian FA is a tool of Juventus or they're a tool against Juventus you can't have it both ways yeah. Lons really are the ultimate party poopers Jules oh. first they harass Paris Saint-Germain yeah. they don't know their place and until the end of the season, they pushed them and even caused Messi to they ruin Messi's farewell yeah, yeah. to uh, Ligue 1. Then on the last day, when they know they're already going to finish second, yeah. they've got nothing to play for. Nope. What do they do? They go and they beat Auxerre. Guy Roux, yeah. Auxerre. Yeah. Is Guy Roux still alive? Yeah, yeah, still alive, yeah. Wait, I mean, is he, what is he, like 100 years old? Uh, 85, I think. Or okay, so they make an 85-year-old man cry by relegating <laughs> Auxerre when they didn't need to win. And at the expense of Nantes, can you have a word Incredible. with your mate? You, 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 you're yeah, mates yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, Joseph right? Lyon, yeah. All right, well, have a word with Jose and say, guys, you guys suck. Oh, Seriously, Jose. you're Debbie Downers. You ruin it for everybody. We wanted Jose to stay more than Nantes. I, I just wanted to have fun uh, with that. No. I think they've had a tremendous season. They're one of the one most wonderful success stories of European Incredible. football this year. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, and, and I love the fact they're sticking it to the man. They're sticking it to Paris Saint-Germain. They're sticking it to Guy Roux. No, you're right. And you know the best thing about Lens before talking about Nantes and Auxerre. So the, Is that, that they're really Belgian, aren't they? No, that, but that last game was uh, shot on the big screen in the Stade Bollard where 35,000 fans were there. Obviously, it was a sellout. Right. Uh, but not, they, they not just watched the game there. They waited until 2 a.m. in the morning, the whole stadium singing until the players came back to Lens from Auxerre, waited for them on the pitch to celebrate them. Until 2 a.m. in the morning on Saturday night, they were there waiting for their players to come back from the away game and to celebrate them on the pitch. It was incredible. For, for Auxerre, that's not where they, they were relegated, of course. Uh, Pellissier doing a good job when he took over. They took too long to sack the previous manager. And Nantes saved themselves on the last day of the season after having changed their managers four games ago. Uh, and Aristoui keeping them up. He, the guy, the new manager, was in charge for four games, only won one, the most important one, which was the last one um, that they won against Angers 1-0, the Ganago goal. So well done to Nantes and for Auxerre, it's the yo-yo and they're going to go back to Ligue 2 one season after going back up. Let's move on to something a bit happier, Gab, please. Galatasaray are the Turkish champions and they celebrated with a 3-0 win over Fenerbahce with a wonderful goal by Nicolo Zaniolo as well. And Mauro Icardi finishes with 21 goals in 23 games. 
is on loan from PSG. Should he return and replace the other Argentine guy? 100%! No way! You need a center forward! Ekitike no. is too young, plus you're all mean to Ekitike. I can't believe how much, how much abuse he got this year. Give it, bring back, bring back Mauro. Maybe Wanda will come back too. What, what else? You exactly, want? exactly. <laughs> That's the circus that we don't want there again. Sporting's Manuel Ugarte is being pursued by both Paris Saint-Germain and Chelsea. Although, according to various reports, Paris Saint-Germain are in the driver's seat now. I'm not even sure the Chelsea thing. I'm not even sure how real that was. Uh, you happy with this? So, I mean, as, like a I lot of money. As we, as we talk, I think PSG have upped their offer to Sporting Club, the Portugal for yeah. Garte. They really close is 60 million euros. Both PSG and Chelsea were happy to, to, to pay that. Uh, I think Chelsea even offered some solidarity payments, different things to try to make it uh, a better deal, which I think Sporting were, were happy to take. They wanted him to go to Chelsea more. I think there were also talks about Chelsea taking minority share She's a bit, uh, a bit. It's extremely sketchy. Yeah, a bit sketchy to call it that way. Um, but on the other hand, you got Luis Campos doing a deal with Sporting. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, welcome to football. Huh? I think PSG up their offers, which I think for for a while PSG thought they had him. Then Chelsea really thought they had him, and Pochettino wanted to put Ugarte and Enzo together in midfield next season, which I think will look. On paper, certainly look promising. And now I think PSG have the upper hand again. Chelsea are not going to go back up more. I'm not sure how much money Chelsea actually have for the summer, but they can't go too crazy on Ugarte. Because you're right, for him, he's, he's 22 years old. He's a yellow card machine. He's great, I think, at what he does, but he takes a lot of yellows, a lot of them, 16 last season in, in, in Portugal. Uh, and, yeah. And Chelsea need a defensive midfielder. They need, but they need what? But can they pay 70 million? Like, what? I'm it's not crazy. sure anything. PSG certainly a big on him, so let's see. Let's see what he does. You know, Gab. Finally, some good news for the Italian national team. Yeah, that's right, because they're in the semi-final of the Under 20 World Cup. Well done after beating Colombia 3-1. They will take on South Korea, who beat Nigeria 1-0 in extra time. And in the other semi-finals, it's Uruguay beating the US 2-0. And the, the, the fairy tale story of it. Incredible. Israel yeah. beating Brazil 3 2 after, uh, after extra time. Italy, of course, also beating Brazil in the group stage uh, earlier. Israel, what a story. Incredible. Um, it great, looks, it looks nicely set up for Italy also because Nigeria going out means we don't have to play Nigeria, who beat us in the group stage. Yeah, that's right. um, the story is, and I'm, the only reason I'm mentioning this is our producer, uh, Freddie, he's yeah. not just a sad Union Berlin fan, nope. he's also a sad Reading fan. Yeah. Cesare Casadei, Reading of star course. Cesare Casadei, the man of the tournament, yeah, on so loan from Chelsea. By the way, what do you need Ugarte for if you've got Casadei coming back, if you're Chelsea? Different profile, right. though. Casadei's been monstering tournament top scorer, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, he's so a more attacking player than Ugarte is. To be Look, honest. it's the under 20 World Cup. You can say, oh, but a bunch of talented under 20s aren't there. And whatever. Like, then you have to win it, right? You can't bottle it against, you know, against Uruguay's those teams. pretty good. They have like, a good generation. Israel as well, because they won the Euros under 19 last season. But, but still, like, this is Italia to lose, right? Yeah, I do feel that. But you'll be you, supporting Italy. Their goalkeeper, De Planche, has yeah, a French course. name. Yeah, he's very French. You know, and. Uh, well, not very French. Like, he's not French at all. He's French. He has a French, a French name. Yeah, That's at some it. point he must have been French. Okay, so Messi is an Italian name. At some point he must have been Italian. <laughs> what kind of logic is that? But yeah, it is true that there are some talented teenagers who aren't there from other countries. But the same applies to Italy because Italy's best under-20 player, yeah, Scalvini, isn't there. Uh, no, nor is Fabio Miretti, of course. The, uh, Italy's no, but you've got Esposito, you've got Casadei, you've got still a really, really talented squad. But it's been fun. It's nice to see people in blue shirts winning, Win yeah, or even competing in World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't used to
used to that anymore. Jules, you know I love playoffs oh, to determine yes. champions and relegation spots at the end of the season. Belgium has a very different sort of playoff sort of one. I'm not sure how much I like it, but I do know that <laughs> this weekend was unbelievable. Uh, three different teams, champions at different times of the day, and it's all ended by one of the good guys, yes. Toby Alderweireld, emerging as the undisputed hero in the fourth minute of Incredible. injury time. Take that, Aguero. Incredible, uh, Toby Aizaj as well, to to win the title for Antwerp 66 years I think it was since the last one it's royal Antwerp yeah royal Antwerp, you. you're right incredible incredible as you said in the dying seconds of the of the game Genk could have Genk were champions at some point as you said Union saint gilloise were champions at some point they were, they were champions going into the day going into the day and then when they were 1-0 up and then they went one. It was one-one, and then they went two-one down, three-one down because they were chasing the game, uh, knowing that they had to win because obviously Genk were winning. It was just incredible uh, to win it. You said the playoff is a bit complicated. There's playoff to go down yeah. for the Europa yeah, League you, places. Like go research the format. The format. It's but, online. You'll see. You can decide for yourself. But when it's like that, I agree with you. When it's like that, it makes <laughs> the last crazy. game of the season or the last game week, if you want. So, so exciting. And went on to Toby Alderweireld and to Royal Antwerp. Really, really well deserved. Simon Marcignac will referee the Champions League final on Saturday between Inter and Manchester City. But Gab, this was by no means certain only a few days ago. Yeah, so, so Marciniak is the, um, he's the referee who refereed the World Cup final. Yeah. The guy who looks like a professional wrestler. Yeah. The guy who had been... Had he yeah, been in charge in the Europa League final? I don't know that Mourinho and some of the others Definitely have gotten not. quite this fresh with him. Um, so, basically, what happened is he made an appearance at uh, a public event in, uh, in, in, in Poland where there were a lot of far-right extremist um, figures there. And not just kind of like sort of traditional far-right, but like pretty like extremely nasty, anti-Semitic, yeah. racist yeah. far-right elements too, right? Um, and this obviously, understandably, a lot of people uneasy. Uh, he came out, he issued a very a groveling apology. He said he didn't know that these people were going to be involved. Uh, he has an agent who books these appearances for him. Yeah. Um, he says that he apologized. The... The anti-racism, I think this is important, the anti-racism group that flagged it, they basically said, we're happy with the apology. We want to shed more light on this sort of thing to how celebrities sometimes, they're, 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 you know, Marciniak is a celebrity in, in yeah, Poland. Yeah, in Poland you know, it's not just Lewandowski after him, you know, probably number two. <laughs> um, we, want, we want to shed awareness on how people use these images of, of celebrity to gain mm. fame. So we're happy. His, his apology, I mean, you can read it, is pretty groveling yeah, and so yeah. I don't have a problem with him sticking around uh, I don't think it's that much damage I think he understood the lesson lesson learned yeah. move on he's a good referee yeah, I think he's, he's the right referee definitely. for this sort of game Yeah, Jules this brings us to an end uh, but you know what this means the next show will be the last show before the 2022-23 Champions League yeah. final Inter's chance at a treble after the Coppa Italia and the Italian Super Cup I think City might have a shot at a treble but I might have mentioned that as well. um, I'll be in Istanbul you'll be here with yeah. uh, uh, Stuart Robson until then love the game love your neighbor love yourself Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. <laughs> 